Hi, this is Mark Atkinson, and you're listening to the Cherry Jam Podcast. Right. On to the backs. Oh. So, nine. Now, nine, nine is one of those positions I think we struggle with because, not because they're all great, it's because it's, I think, a little bit, in the nicest possible way, a little bit average. We've um, always lacked nines, haven't we? Like no, I'm, I'm I'm sat right here. Well, true, Jim. Yeah, there's but no, you haven't played yeah. for Gloucester, which no, could be no, criminal, right. Jim. But you never I, know. I don't think it is. I was born. But... I was born at the wrong time. Yeah, and and I, with the I, wrong yeah, set of skills. It's a weird, it is a weird position because we've had some good nines, but never anyone who's been world class. I don't think we've had we've had loads of like like you say loads of. I think Varney, if he has a good World Cup, he'll come back and be brilliant for us for the rest of the season. We've we've had so many guys that are on the cusp, you know, they get a few caps, but they're never really there. They have a couple of games where they're fantastic, they have a couple of games where they're poor. At, at this level, you need consistency and a position as important as nine, mm. you need rock yeah. solid consistency. And there ain't there ain't many players. We, we've always yeah, we've always had, had good nine. We've always had nines who just lacked something. You know, you've had people like Pete Richards who was great at darting but lacked a pass in the side when you kind of needed that that accuracy of the pass. Or you know, well, we come onto this list. They they all seem to be a bit of a flaw, slight flaw that just stopped them being yeah really it, class. It's the one. It's the one position I struggled to pick a player because i thought well they're all okay they're not they're not they don't scream to me yeah i think i know i'm amazed actually if you'd have asked me Mm. like how many games did greg laidlaw play for gloucester how many games did lawson play for gloucester yeah how many games did willie hines play for gloucester i'd have gone probably all about the same Mm. and laidlaw 60 Lawson, 148. Yeah, significant so amount. Six, six years. And Willie Hines, who, 100. I'll be honest, I, if you ask me how many years Hines played for Gloucester, I'd say three. And, <laughs> right? yeah. and he played a, he's a hundred times for Gloucester. Um, uh, you've got to remember, of course, a year of that was COVID, which, I, you know, there, there yeah, is an element well, of, yeah, yeah, we yeah. didn't see them playing. Which does have an impact. Well, I, I think. did see him on the telly box. On the telly, yeah, but so Maybe the four, I even the... saw more of him because it was yeah, on true. the telly. So but... the four, the four options: then Andy Gomesol, uh, 130 appearances at Gloucester, five years at the club, won the Rugby World Cup, won the Power Gen Cup. Um, Part of that, that super, that, that super, super squad. The super squad. Willie Hines, uh, captain the squ- captain the Cherry Whites, a hundred appearances. Uh, he was club captain for three years, which three seasons, which is you know very impressive. It's, there aren't many. Gloucester had a habit of just one season captains. Yeah, um, yeah especially, especially for well, I know he played for England, but you know as a as a non Englishman. Yeah, yeah. To, to come in and captain, I think that's a that's a that's a biggie, isn't it? Much it like is, Jake yeah. was. A bit Jake, yeah. Uh, Rory Lawson, one hundred and forty eight appearances. You mentioned uh, Jim. Um, again, part of that side that probably should have won more. Yeah. Um, I think that's the thing we would say about that side is that he was in that again, that ridiculously super team, but didn't win anything. Um, and then finally, Greg Laidlaw um, won the uh, he won well, he won captained uh, well, not captain, sorry, he was very crucial, I should say, in, in the penalties mm. for the win against Edinburgh in the Challenge Cup in 20, 2015. Um, 
again, I, so I think I went for I went for Andy Gummersall. Now Same. the reason I went the reason I went for Andy Gummersall is because I think at the time when he played in that period, uh, he was. I mean, again, he was in he was at a time when you had ridiculous de- depth and talent at nine in England. So you had Kieran Bracken, uh, Matt Dawson, Andy Gummersall, all vying for an England nine shirt. And to get into the squad full stop for that 2003 squad, I think tells you how good a player he was. He was a bit mercurial. He had these moments. He had those, you know, he'd been kind of the new best thing on the on the block a couple of years before and his form fell away and he struggled and he came to Gloucester as almost like as a, as a redemption side of things. Um, and he he does have, though, as I've mentioned before, he does have the the most underused song in the history of Gloucester rugby, which was that, and after all, we've got Gummers, or which was used once at Rotherham, um, <laughs> away, and that was it. Um, and I, I, I never really understood why they didn't take off because it was a really for, for the shed was impressive. Yeah. Um, the others again, it's like they all had moments. I think Rory Lawson for his longevity, but I don't think I can't. There's no immediate he, standout. I like, I like oh, he was. Yeah, yeah, I liked him, but it always felt like he was in competition. With, he was never an out-and-out starter, was he, sometimes? I think, you know, like, you have, like, Gareth Cooper up against him. Mm. And he well, never really owned the nine shirt. For that, me, the reason I picked Gummers, he was a clear number nine. I, ironically, the best nine we had left us very young. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you know, yes. and, yes. and to be so, honest, if if he was in the list, I would have picked him just for the time when they beat um, oh, was it Toulouse he went to, and they beat Bath yes. in Europe, and he dedicated Beerits. it he to, to Beerits, yeah. and he dedicated <laughs> it to the fans of Gloucester. Gloucester so, yeah. but no, Gummers. I think this comes down to personal choice as well, Ed. He's the sort of nine I like, where it's like, there's a ball at the rack, there's my backs, have the ball. Um, yeah, and, he and that's what very, I liked about quick, him. Like, whereas Dawson at the time for England, Dawson would would run, he'd, he'd snipe, he'd do all sorts, wouldn't he? Whereas Gomesaw probably had the better pass. Yeah, but he had a good break on him as well when he, he needed did. To. But he just it was kind of I think it was that that game and because England yeah. at the time were in a position where they were actually allowed to play rugby if they wanted to. <laughs> um, then, yeah. then the door, the Dawson was yeah. like he your, kept, your he kept, well, uh, he was brilliant. He, he was kept, and he kept the back row on the. Yeah, yeah, not disputing that for us, yeah. he England, was perfect. England today, Gomesall would have got 172 caps for England. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's. That's, I don't know. I think thing. I think Gummersall, the reason why I don't think Gummersall ever got the recognition at England level is because he was too mercurial. So he would yeah. do stuff or he would try stuff that Dawson would, would you know, Dawson, maybe Dawson would try it, but Dawson would pretty much nail Dolly it every again. single time. And 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 Dawson was, a, he was very good. I mean, let's be fair, Dawson is one of the best nines in history and he was able to consistently hit that level yeah, for I mean, a long time, whereas Gummersall was very up and down. He was towards very sort the of... end of his career for us, he he lost his way quite a lot as well, mm. which I, I remember getting really frustrated. But at his best... Those I two mean... seasons, 2002, 2001, 2002, 2002, 2003, Brilliant. he was as good as any, any nine. I, I, mean, I mean, in a minute, we're probably going to have one of our no-brainer picks mm. and the person well, he the, the played is, sorry yeah i'm just gonna say like you like you said ed that is why off the back of those two seasons that's why he went with england yeah and he went and won a world yeah. cup 
because yeah, he, he played he, for Gloucester mm. at the highest level. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he made our backline look really good. He, he, you know, we knew they needed the ball, and he made everyone's lives easier outside them. I think. Yeah. So we'll move on to to ten because again, it's a no brainer, but it probably shouldn't be. So you've got Ludwig, Ludwig Mercier, 105 appearances, record point scorer for Gloucester. He scored 23 points in the Zurich Championship final against Bristol. He was brilliant against Northampton in the in the uh, cup final the following year. Um, they had to increase the size of the posts <laughs> um, for because he was he was he was booting it from everywhere. I mean, the, the the sort of myth and legend of Ludo started very early. We played Toulouse in a preseason game. This bloke turns up. No one's really heard of him. No one's really sure what it is. There's a penalty after about two and a half minutes. I remember on, well. on just outside, just in our half. And then Ludo points to the posts. And you can hear this murmur. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> a murmur around Kings. And I'm going, what the bloody hell is this bloke doing? And then not only does he nail it, he nails it with about 20, like it, it was it about 20 meters. Yeah, it it could have gone on for miles. I just, just, yeah. You just remember like everyone going, holy instant, shit. I, what I, <laughs> what I abide, yeah, my abiding memory was Mannix was warming up at the yeah. time. And <laughs> yeah. let's be honest, he was not everyone's cup of tea. Was no, it? he was exciting. quite frustrating. I, I, you know, he, on his heyday, he was a great player. But anyway, as he's all I remember is, Afterwards, he went and sat back down after kick, and all I heard was someone from the shed go, "Yeah, you sit back down there. You ain't getting out of that seat again." And just, you know, it was just unanimous. We were all just like, and that like was I said, Ed, it went from lost a career. <laughs> it went from what the bloody hell is he doing? Oh my god! Yeah. And and I think he did it with the first kick of his first Premiership. Yeah. appearance as well yeah it yeah. was from it was a ridiculous Miles distance out. so you had it all over again you had all those who'd seen it in the pre-season, the pre-season. Oh, good, good choice but you could hear there was enough people oh my god what the hell are we doing and, and oh, all the people okay like, all the people elbowing going just wait, wait. Just, just, yeah, just, just give just it a minute think. just give it a minute yeah it's it's, it's remarkable and it's remarkable because this is the time before you know there was social media didn't exist so it wasn't like you could go on youtube and find the videos of him nailing it from like 150 yards back in France the year before. So it was, it was, it was at that era where you're like, how the bloody hell have we found this lad? I, I, I mean, Remarkable. yeah. And, and everyone forgets he was quicker than Jason Robinson as well. <laughs> Still my favorite intercept try ever. So the other three players, now it, look, let's be honest, it's going to be Ludo, right? There's no argument here. It's going to be Ludo Absolutely. is number 10. Absolutely, yeah. Ludo is number 10. Right. The other three players in this list. Typical Gloucester probably should have, well, Mark Mapletoff, maybe not. Mark Mapletoff had his, he was one of those players, again, early, he was one of the earliest players to be signed professionally. He was a very mercurial talent. He had those games and those moments where he was absolutely incredible. But, and I mean this with the greatest respect, Tofty didn't like to tackle. And that did cause issues. Um, Particularly you know, fullback. Yeah, at fullback particularly. You know, we, we all have, we, we've got our own mate, uh, Matt Evans, who played today in our little uh, charity game, who is affectionately known as Speed Bump. That does Matt disservice because he's a brilliant tackler. However, Mark Mabletoff was barely a Speed Bump at times. And 
But it shouldn't take away from his ability with the ball. He was one of the very few players that Gloucester had who could do something out of nothing. They could create. And, and at that he's time... Made, he's Russ... made a great attack coach at Harlequins, hasn't he? Exactly. And, and at a time when Russ, as Russ mentioned earlier, Gloucester were a very poor side in the mid-90s. And Tofty was often one of the only bright sparks we had. And, and it's good that he's on the list. I think probably it's there's probably not enough people who saw him play who are who are season ticket holders now who could probably put a, a big case for him. But he definitely had he was definitely a player that you know we all kind of wanted to do well. He just never quite managed to do yeah. it. Do you know my, my favorite memory of Tofty? Yeah, is asking him for his signature, mm-hmm. and he goes, oh, oh oh yeah yeah of course. <laughs> and, um, and and I handed in I handed in my Duke of Edinburgh uh, booklet because I wanted because um, he was a PTI and I wanted him to sign that I'd been going to the gym in my sports. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't do signatures for Gloucester players. I just need you because he worked at the gym I went to. Oh, fair <laughs> I enough. Just need you to sign this. I mean, he, his, the way his face dropped. Yeah. <laughs> he was part of a great win against. Was it Leicester? Where he, oh, Leicester, well, Tofty's conversion from the—I mean, Tofty's conversion from the touchline against Leicester is—and that, that, and sometimes you should you should almost get legendary Gloucester status because of one thing. Well, well that was a Phil Green try converted by Tofty. There's a fly half who I remember for that. Brad Davis who scored a drop goal against Bath. I yeah, couldn't tell thing. you anything else he did, no. but he kicked a winning drop goal against Bath. I mean, you could there's there's a case to be made for James Hook here at yeah. ten because yeah, James Hook. Hook Carlos Spencer, you know, he's uh, no. a good test. Let's not get silly. No, maybe not, no, no, maybe no, 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 no. Right. Carlos Spencer can sod off, is my opinion. That's just a no Woo! for me. No, I've never... Uh, it, there are very few players that I would say probably deserve to be uh, removed Danny, Danny from Cibriani, all... Danny where's he in this ten? Interesting, that yeah. one, isn't it? Um, I think for that season, probably the best ten we've ever had for that season. I don't think we've had a, a, a player who has changed... The, a season and the way we play like Danny Cipriani did in that one season but we all know it went horribly wrong very quickly yeah. and I think I think unfortunately now we look back and we were like oh my god it's, it's you know it's going to continue like this forever it clearly wasn't it was never going to um but we had that one year it's like you know it's like when I was it's all these relationships you always get that one moment don't you just you can look Dunk, back Dunk fondly Duncan McRae could have been on that list. Or Duncan yeah, McRae, yeah. the shit out of running a gara. <laughs> he wasn't I mean, out for three years. That, that would be status. Yeah, but, you know. <laughs> but he was. I, I remember he had the weirdest kick style until oh, Kirk, yeah, Kirk came yeah. along. But that's right. But um, but no, I mean, good, you know, he was. Yeah, he was a player that he he probably he he filled a hole, didn't he, Duncan McRae? Or uh, you know where he Ludo came after put, Ludo. That was his problem. Yeah, and you're always going to struggle. But the other players we've got here, Ryan Lamb and Freddie Burns. And I think in both cases, it's the unfulfilled potential yeah, of definitely. what could have been. Lammy, ironically, this is the one of the great what-ifs in Gloucester rugby history. What if, if he stayed on the pitch? If he'd stayed on the pitch. Gloucester Wasps, the famous game, the, tr- the try game, all that. Lammy had been immense. And after sixty-five minutes, something like that. Oh, is this is this is this when I was busy getting married? Uh, yeah, I think so. It's also when I was down at Swansea University, nearly getting thrown out of a oh, pub. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, it's you, it, you chose to get married. What? What? A, I mean, what a I game! Mean, and the, 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 what was interesting was Lammy was bossing it, like he was putting good kicks into touch. It was. I get what. 
Dean Ryan wanted to close it out. And yeah. Lammy was in the like so the, the try, the try by James Bailey, made by Sinbad, was right on the touchline. Lammy nailed it. He was nailing penalties. He mm. was kicking his touches. He was doing everything that some later in his career he, he was a bit more hit and miss about. But mm. yeah, and bless him, we all love him. But Ludo came on and it just changed the game in the wrong way yeah so that you go back to that game and you're thinking well what do you need to do you need to keep the ball we needed to control the ball and keep the ball and and dean ryan thought no no no, we want to play territory we want to keep wasps down in their 22 and unfortunately what we did was give wasps the ball we gave wasps the momentum and they like the champions they were at the time just they were great. They it. were a great side. Yeah. They were rattled, but you can't give people like Paul Saki's match no. winners the ball. And no. it's still one of my favourite games I've ever had the privilege of watching because that game is what might have been, isn't it? It's a sliding. That does feel like a sliding doors. Like, I, yeah. I, I I still maintain. I mean, I know we won the Challenge Cup um, a couple of weeks later. Um, you know, which is and, testament and, to the the team at the, the time to pick the, the character of the, and the and the team at the time. Um, but there is that I don't know. There's that moment. You know, we had the week, the years we finished top, right, and we didn't win. And the 2003 one, obviously, is the one that we all look back to, and we should have won that. It just it was just a massive cock up from start to finish. The 2000 and, uh, 2007 uh, one where we lost to Leicester, um, that. That always felt that was going to be a toss of a coin. It depended on who was going to turn up on the day. We didn't, Leicester did. The following year, we should have beaten Leicester in the semi-final. And I get the feeling that's probably the one we probably would have won, gone up and won if we'd beaten Leicester. But that one, that, that that as you say, sliding doors moment, I don't know. I just it, think... It, it was a shot at nothing for us, wasn't it? Because we had so many injuries. That's why all these was, young lads were yeah, coming young lads through. Coming through and, and credit, you know, Dean Ryan gets a lot of stick in later years, but credit for bringing them on and trusting them and then that was the frustration wasn't it it's like yeah. let them see it through yeah I, I, I do so think... that team what yeah. a bunch of players they i were. just you just look at it and you go that sometimes these things happen and you think if lammy had stayed on we may not have won we may have lost and it would have been the same but i don't know there's a little bit at the back of my mind thinks if lammy had stayed on we'd have we, continued the moment, the moment. we would continue playing rugby the way we've been playing rugby and We'd beaten Wasp. We're in the semi-final. What happened? Momentum we had because no one expected us to be in with a chance. It was basically a knockout game for us, wasn't Mm. it? We had nothing to lose. But I don't think anyone really thought we were going to win. There'd been that unbelievable game between Wasp and Irish the week before. The week before. We knew they were vulnerable. It's still the best atmosphere I've ever heard at Kingsway because everyone just got behind them because it mm. was that underdog mentality and they turned up. I mean, yeah. from the go. I mean, we're going off on a tangent, but that, that try, we all talk about how good the attacking play, the defence is the defense best. The ten minutes, if you watch the full clip on YouTube, it's just 10 minutes of ridiculous te- yeah. turn. And the balls, like Sinbad gets all the credit, but the balls by Lammy to go, yeah, there you are throw a 30 meter across a field pass and go, I back you to go get this done, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and you, like you said, Eddie, he was a player who, if he'd have lived up to his promise, local boy, I, I went to school with him. He, 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 you know, he could have been a made man. 
but it just wasn't to be. And Freddie yeah. was very similar. Freddie was a similar one. Freddie Freddie Burns, obviously, he burst through. He for again for nearly a year, eighteen months, he was absolutely superb. And like a lot of players, an injury, a time out of the play, out the out of the game for whatever reason has different effects on them. And I think it's fair to say that Freddie Burns struggled for a long time um, yeah. because of what happened to him. Um, and his ear, his time at Gloucester came to an abrupt end. And I think it, they were not, they weren't on the field issues. They were off the field issues affecting yeah. him. And I think again, like Lammy, that, that it's, he should have been, it should have been a conversation. This should have been the biggest conversation of the whole experience, you know, thing, because mm. It isn't because they didn't quite fulfil what they should have done. Freddie Burns, I mean, what was his first ever touch in an England shirt? Was knocking over a penalty against New Zealand? Oh, yeah, I was them. there. I was there yeah. at that um, game. And, and you just... just thought, this is the obvious progression. You know, we're going to, he's going to be the next ten, n- number 10 for England. And it just never quite happened. I was, I re- will not generally be very happy if Leicester win a, a title yeah, or win a pro thing. But when he won, when he won the league for Leicester, the, the championship for Leicester with the drop goal and the last play of the game, genuinely got out of my seat and cheered with all my yeah, heart because he, I know what he's been he, through and I know the struggle. Meant so much. Yeah. Are you, what I love about him is since, you know, lately he's so mm. open on it, on the, the podcast and stuff he goes on. He's just a very likable. He tells a great story about ladies night. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, he yeah. was basically absolutely terrified. Well, I'm not being funny. Have you met the women of Gloucester? Yeah. Oh, no, so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's just what I love is he's not afraid to tell those kind yeah. of stories, and he, he just yeah, it was a shame because he was a never mercurial. You wanted to root for him, and mm. one I probably won't repeat, but me and Ed remember what a character he was on a bar on <laughs> in La Rochelle. Yeah, he went to. Yeah, it's to be, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. If I was, if I was young, talented, well paid, and you know, athletic, athletically fit as him, I would be uh, probably trying my luck with some attractive French girls. Yeah. Um, and single, yeah, he, obviously. He, he had he had an obscene amount of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. Um, right into the centre partnerships again. This is an interesting one because we've got a player who. Well, again, we'll say it out loud. Don Kasky, before all our times, I think I I don't. I saw him play a few times. Yeah, and my memory of him is at yeah, the I, end I of his career. At the end of his career, and and I, I, it's difficult. I fear it's a bit unfair to some of these players because, like, there's a there's whole generation of people would would say, yeah, Don Kasky should be there, but there's equally another generation of people who've never seen him play really um yeah. and it's a bit unfair on him to be lumped in with yeah, you said that these three players don't even know his name yeah it's quite yeah you know you could have put any picture there and people will be like, oh yeah. it's Tom um which is unfair but you know it's the way these things are organized but um the three players that are here are very different um you've got billy 12 trees who i would say is the archetypal um club man you know, he's not a one club man. Yeah, two hundred and seventy-three yeah, appearances. Uh, yeah, and how many years did he play at Leicester beforehand? Yeah, at least two or three years. At least best, two or three. Yeah. yeah. So, but the thing about Billy was that he he didn't just play one position, as we all know. Yeah. Yeah. Very, the, the, very, the, very I find this 10, 10, 12, 13. Hmm. I I find this a very hard decision. Yeah, to be and honest. then. 
So you've got Billy 12 Trees, 273 appearance at Gloucester, left Gloucester last season after 11 years at the club, captain the club to the last silverware in 2015, which will obviously change at the end of this season. Uh, you've then got Richard Toms, who was that one of the first early sort of <laughs> players that came across when we became professional. We had all these amazing foreigners suddenly turn up and you're like, why have we got this guy? He's really good. Um, Richard Toms, 76 appearances. Uh, became the first uh, one of the first three overseas players to join, uh, and he became first. the first overseas players captain Gloucester mm-hmm. Rugby, which is remarkable when you think about it. But and obviously, you know, from Tomsey's point of view, there are people I know Loz purrs about Richard. Yeah, Tom's. I'm, I'm with Loz. I yeah. love Tomsey, um, and we all know that he struggled in the, in the recent uh, past because of a, a ridiculously weird accident that happened when he was playing football. So he's struggles with a uh with um some paralysis um and you know obviously we we wish all our well uh, uh, wish him entirely well from all of us uh continually i think he was actually in the country not that long ago so uh there was a get together i think um uh with with a load of the players when they uh, i think when simsy passed away um and then anthony allen who again is one of those players you think if only yeah. Yeah, if only, phone if yeah. only four years, 91 caps for Gloucester. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. Yeah, he was really good. He was really good. But yeah, legends. No, no, I think that's the problem. I, Anthony Allen probably should have been, but unfortunately, he 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 he, he, he had that. Sorry, I was just he he. I think for me, he became the player we wanted him to be at Leicester. At Leicester, yeah, and that, that's why. I, I liked Anthony, great player, but he didn't. He wasn't in the running for me. No. So really, it's between Richard Thomas and Billy Twelve Trees. If we're doing this list, uh, yeah. are there any other players? Are there any other players that you might suggest for our inside centre? Robert Todd. Very, Todd, he was a good yeah. player, um, and, and that was kind of my thought for the for the omission. Mm. But then you go. Oh. I mean, I mean, actually, I because that was the sort of when I first started watching Gloucester, mm. it was him and Tesla um, in, in the back, uh, in, in the in the backfield. And how many years did we have him? You know, two, maybe three. How many yeah. appearances did he have? Yeah, I, you know, great yes, player. He was, he was kind of another one of those South Sea Island sort of legendary. Wow, you've made the game professional for Gloucester, but actually, yeah, was he was he I... fantastic? Probably not. I think someone like Twelve Trees, who gave that many years, made. I, I think Twelve Trees really did um, provide I... such stability for us because yeah. he wasn't getting picked for England. Yeah, I, 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 I find it really hard, genuinely, to choose between Billy and Tomsey. I really, mm. really like Billy. Big fan, loyal, loyal servant, great club player. I, I, I you know, I, I could not separate. I think I went for Tomsey, but I, I'm really, it's a flip of a coin for me between them. Tomsey because I can't separate him with the person I'm going to put outside centre, which I would be shocked if any of us put forward anyone else they were such a partnership and like Loz I think me and Loz are probably the ones that are watching the most around Tomsey just was such a great player and mm. he, he, the thing with Toddy and Tezza it was like a hammer and a hammer with Tomsey yeah. you've got something <laughs> slightly different and yeah. they were so good and 
like if someone had told young Russ that at some point he would see those two in the centre with San Andre out on the wing, I'd just be like, go away. You, do you know what I mean? To have those players turn up, it just changed what I thought rugby could be. And, mm. you, you know, so there's a, you know, I love Tomsey, but it's a big nostalgia one for me, you know, fully, you know, I, 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 I cannot choose between either of them really. So there's another player I'm going to mention because you could probably put him in either centre partnership and it's going to be a controversial one. Henry Paul. See, now, I just, I, again, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just throwing it in there because he's not in any of this and I just think... I don't think again, any... Right, Henry Paul came to Gloucester with huge fanfare. He did some good stuff for Gloucester. But the trouble is, we didn't know where to put him. England had ideas where they wanted to put him. We mm. had ideas where we wanted to put him. Yeah. And was he a 10? Was he a 12? Was he a 15? He wasn't he, a 15. He was yeah. a centre. <laughs> and, 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 and this is the trouble. that, <laughs> I, and, and because, you know, England were paying half his wages or whatever, yeah, they, yeah. they felt that they had some sort of right to tell us where we needed to play him. And he... If if he'd have come to, if he'd have come to Gloucester with kind of a year of zero expectation and yeah. play play A League and just been like like Paddy playing for a bloody Doughty, like proper mm. big fish in small pond, just far, far too good for this for the other players around, right? If he'd have had a whole year of that and gone, Yeah, yeah, twelve's quite good, isn't it? I get loads of time on the ball, I can do this, I can do that. Right, but he was playing here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. He came. He came with like a hundred and three percent kicking percentage or something. Yeah, it's and ridiculous. Then, and then, and then, actually, he was okay at kick. You know, he's, he was pretty successful with most of his kicks. But his I, biggest... he, he never, he, he never ever like properly made a big difference for Gloucester and won us stuff. I, I think also his attitude, and you're talking about percentages, his biggest percentage was, problem was alcohol content, I think. Ah, um, yeah. You say that. Yeah, you say that. Bit... But I have heard, um, yeah, from the captain at the time. Uh, no, not the captain, the team manager. Yeah, mm. team manager, um, Pete Glanville, was saying that um, he was an absolute nightmare because you couldn't, you couldn't tell him off. Because he would be an absolute nightmare, like post match, getting on the beers, getting smashed, staying up ridiculously late. He'd be an absolute nightmare. And you're like, right, I am going to fucking do him over in the morning and give him a fucking like proper telling off. And he'd be the first person like down for briefing in the morning. But I'm, so I'm he was the <laughs> most, he was the most professional player yeah. when it came to being a professional, and he was the least most professional player. When it came to being professional, well, I mean, we like, and <laughs> it's it's funny, isn't it? Because there seems to be a problem with players named Paul who played for Gloucester and Booms because we had yeah, nothing yeah, like right. that. Yeah. I think I think the issues Jim raised are why I wouldn't. Cause when he was at centre, he was a lot better, but I, he never had a standout moment for me. There I, were he, there were games where I think he definitely. I just think of like you know there was there was a couple of games against Newcastle. There was a game against. Um, uh, I think he had a pretty good game in the in the Power Gen Cup final. I think yeah, it's just it, there are games where he clearly was excellent. I think to be fair, there was 
there is one game in particular where Gloucester fans, who had been very patient and very uh, supportive, lost a lot of faith, which was the Munster Miracle match when they got... Which, I mean, that, to, that... In, in no way his fault. He got stuck at fullback because, like, Nigel Melville thought, I'm going to be really clever here and stick him at fullback. And it just backfired horrendously. Let's, let's be honest. Munster has been a team that have killed a couple of people we've brought in on big reputations. A, a certain yeah. Scottish fly half or fullback, yeah, yeah. sorry, so there's, springs there's, to mind. There's, yeah, there's... And it, it, it's, it's right. It's just... I, 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 I mention him because... There are very few players that have had, it, in a negative, positive, whatever way. I think Henry Paul had a big impact on Gloucester yeah, in that huge era. I, I thought huge influence, and 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 he was a really important key part of it. I just, I agree with you. He, he's not going to be included. I, I thought be included, he I suppose, was. But... I, I think he was at his best when he had Duncan McRae at ten. I think he was. He, yeah, I, they had he was a bit of an act, the double, solid. Double they had, they work, worked. Yeah, they mm. worked very well. But yeah, I, I he, he's not. Billy Twelve Trees or no? I, 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 I have to get be honest. If saying. I was going to choose, if I was going to choose a two, and I think I, I did in this one, it's going to be Billy. Um, Tomsey definitely changed the outlook and the, the sort of how we would view Gloucester. You know, we were a very parochial local side, and then in comes his Aussie, um, who's like ridiculous and 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 classy and just silky smooth, and you know, took us to another level. But Billy Twelve Trees, you know. He is a club legend. He played in about nine different bloody positions. Yeah, I, I and, agree. And, and was and, it, and and you know was it, crucial. It, 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 Tomsey is one of those ones where I know I have rose tinted glasses. Do you know what I mean? It's it's mm-hmm. it's bit like we were saying. Oh, people. For me, it's just what he did when I was a lot younger. But thirty six yeah. clearly is the person who deserves it. Yeah. So the next position, I now look, Russ. You, I think I. I let's be honest. I'm pretty confident that one of the four I'm about to mention will almost certainly walk into uh, the the Hall of Fame. But I do think that and it's very unfortunate because another player should also be 100% in the Hall of Fame. So I'd the, argue three of the four. I'm going to say no, and there is a reason why. Um, but yes, I understand why you're saying yeah, they are three. So number one, Terry Fanalua. 226 appearances at Gloucester. Uh, he appeared at um, two World Cups for Samoa. Um, he is a legend. I mean, there are... Terry Fanaloa, a lad from Samoa, comes and turns up for Gloucester and the shed adopt him, adore him, and he is a club legend. Simple and then as he, that. He, went, he was working for the community team after he retired. You know, he's I'm stuck around. Still major part of the club. I think he might still lo- live locally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he... yeah. His his um his son's um still playing. Yeah, uh, for Dean I, Close. It wasn't that long ago. Uh, I saw him the Gloucester under 18s. Saw him mm. quite regularly. But again, he turned. He was like the of all the players. In the cherry pickers, so when Bolsh turned up, yeah, when tins. When Tezza turned up, I was like, I literally can die happy now. I've been on yeah. the same. Pitch I'm going as to. Terry I'm going to get murdered by Terry Fanaloa. Yes. Yeah, so one, well, mean, one, of, one of the lads did get murdered by. Terry yeah, because well, that was hilarious because the inside, the centre pairing was Terry Fanaloa and Mike Tindall. Mike Tindall. And just a quick this young lad. Terry Fanaloa showed him his outside. So outside him is Mike Tyndall. And I was watching this unfold because, again, I, I can't remember if Jim played. You didn't, Ed. I know. No, I watched it and it was a Yeah, and, and all I remember is thinking, don't, don't, 
don't take that. That's Mike Tindall's. And he took it and they both wrote him off. Yeah. One went <laughs> one went about here, like sort of chest level, and the other one went about hip level. And he bits one of went him, just I think... slightly above the current law. Yeah. And the other one went a bit higher. Uh, it was also law. hilarious because the only person I saw put a kick in in a game in the ever, because we had the agreement no kick, was Terry Fanaloa. And it yeah. was one of the best crossfield kicks I've ever seen. I think mm. it's also the only time I've seen Terry Fanaloa kick. Yes, uh, which which is ironic because there's somebody else a bit later on who yeah. didn't really yeah. um, uh, for for very good reasons. Um, but yeah, so the other mention to players to mention is Mike Tyndall. I mean, it's Mike Tyndall. I, I yeah, I, I I get what you yeah. He's you 179 can. appearances for Gloucester. He he's he was he, he basically he set fire to his bath shirt and he yes. came to Gloucester. And, and he hates Bath absolute, now and only loves Gloucester. <laughs> he was an absolute legend for Gloucester. He came as a World Cup winner, as a, a megastar mm-hmm. in like world rugby. Yeah. And he came to Gloucester and he grafted. He properly just mm. like Yeah. You, you know, if you didn't know who he was, you'd think he was some twenty year old trying to get into the first fifteen. You know, he just worked hard was incredibly respectful to everyone. And he, yeah. The, the perfect player that you want in your team, as well as being fantastically good at rugby. And, and I think yeah. some of the love for Terry Fanaloa does Tins a disservice because Tins completely bought into the Gloucester ethos. He absolutely yeah. loved the club. He was all about the values of the club and what the club stood for. And I think sometimes that gets a bit lost um, and when, even when he played for us, there used to be people who would still slate him because of that bat. I, I remember there'd be people who'd be writing him off and you're just thinking, what is Mike Tindall? I mean, we talk about how good Billy's defence is. Tins was yeah. another level, absolutely ridiculous. I, yeah. and, and Harris, I love watching Harris. Tins was completely different. You just the amount of tackles you he has no right to make. Like he's treading water against that man and he he'd nail him, Jack will get the ball. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. And my, he my, offered yeah. so much more in attack than people yeah. ever gave him credit for. My, my, Mike Tindall, it, it, it's really difficult. And then the, he, again, it's a really unfortunate. So we've got Simon Morris again, 114 appearances for Gloucester, six years at the club. Um it, it's unfortunate that he's Again, a player that was very, very well liked, very, very well thought of. Key player in those sort of dark years of of Gloucester in the in the mid nineties. Um, but again, uh, again, it's a bias that we've all got. None of us really saw him play because he came before most of us started watching uh, Gloucester on a regular basis. The other player here, and Russ, you're quite right. He probably, again, some in the same instances as a few of these other players, he probably should be far more in the conversation um, for this oh, I mean, he, he didn't he's quite complete... fulfill potential. But he was a completely different player. Yes, and, yes, totally different And player. the thing is, is he, everyone says injuries, but he still had 172 appearances. Just think how many bloody appearances have he had if he like, Exactly. I mean, and I like, you know, my heart used to go out for him because it, they were horrible, nasty injuries. Yeah. And you can't, some of them, you cannot say they were because he was brittle. They were just... They were just really unlucky. Really yeah. unlucky. And some of the tries, well, that break against Worcester where he came on and, you know, your wizard, Henry, um, you know, offload to 
12 trees but that was only one of many like that but he was so, and and I, he had big performances in him and i was generally mm. gutted that he didn't get the promise but the other two are head and shoulders above. they are head and shoulders it's a very difficult one i think i realistically i think just because of the nature of the supporters that will be voting for this i would suggest that terry fanalo will probably end up getting the, the vote and that is he's a more of a he's more of a fan's favorite favorite yeah then i think mike tindall's probably i think i mean i'm sure terry would probably agree i, I, I actually to be fair it's not really an argument mike tindall's a better player than terry fanaloa but terry fanaloa i mean it, they're both they're both club there. legends they're both well loved within yeah, the club yeah. and, and, I, everyone... think, and I, I think that's the thing isn't it you've got to remember a vote like this it's not a discredit <laughs> To, to the other players now because exactly. I, I i went for tezza just yes because, just and it is literally like minutia you kind of it's one of those votes that you just need to you kind of get four the the four people and you've got half a second like who are you voting for <laughs> instant bang right? bam, and yeah. like oh terry and then and then you start thinking about it go, oh no what have i done how can i mm. not vote for that person i yeah but, i mean like your heart like your proper Gloucester heart is going to be a little bit more tether than Tins. Yeah, I, and I think that's it. I mean, the neck, the wings are the, the one that was a no-brainer for me. But so, Yeah, so we'll come on to the wings now. right? So I think we we're going to say Terry is going to get the vote from yeah. ourselves, but 100% Tins, as and when they do more of this, should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, so uh, if I'm looking at left wing, I suppose it would be left wing here. We've got Ian Bolshaw. 60 appearances, um, scored 23 tries and 60 appearances. Um, he helped the club top the premiership two seasons a row in a row before joining Beeritz. And my famous, my, my favourite single moment of the day after he retired as a player from Beeritz, turned up at Kingsham to play the chair to play uh, to play um, Shed Web, which is hysterical, really. It, it, what was the best hilarious thing about that is I just so I was captain on the day. I was texting with with Spanner, Dave Spencer, mm. who organises it. We can all agree. Lovely guy had a habit of stretching the truth. How often did we yeah. get a team sheet of who was playing and Mike Teague was on there, for example, and we knew he was never playing. No, Mike, so Teague, he, Mike Teague didn't know about it. There, yeah, he, he texts. <laughs> so he texts me saying, we've got a few good runouts and I, you know, I've told this story before, people like Andy Deacon and that. You know, Joe, if I get to scrimmage against Deeks, amazing. Happy mm. with that. They all start turning up. But we get there on the day, and he says to me, oh, um, Mike Tyndall's coming. Like, oh, all right, here we go. He's like, but he's just gone to the airport to pick up Ian Bolshaw. And you're like, oh, yeah, whatever. fair play, Spanner. As your bullshit goes, that's another level. Now, back then, they didn't give us a change. We were changing in the Lions' den. And you have never seen a bunch of blokes look really excited, possibly even aroused, and then utterly terrified as they all walked in. So first came in John Goodridge. You're like, yeah, all right, fair one. Tezza comes in. You're like, oh, my God, I'm really happy, really happy. Deeks, really chat. Tins walks in. All right, boys, like giving it all a big, you ready for this? Yeah. And then Bolsh walks in with that proper swagger. All right, lads. And you literally, we're like, we are fucked. You were playing Heineken Cup like three weeks ago. Yeah, you, yeah. Now you're playing the watch the bloody game. So uh, my abiding memory of that and Ed will is I got stuck in the outside centre channel 
and I tried to tackle Tins, and he literally flipped me off with his shoe. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, like I was some piece of shit, which, to be fair, I was. I didn't... But then later on, I was chasing Bolsh, and this is the kind of bloke he is. He's a git because he went fast enough, which wasn't very fast, that I was never going to catch him, but slow enough that I had to keep chasing him the whole length of the pitch. And it was horrible. It was utter misery. And that's why I would never vote for him to get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, great. Yeah. Um, right. So that's that's Bolsh. Uh, then we've got um, hang on, we've got Marcel Garvey. Um, 95 appearances for Gloucester. Um, scored right. in yeah. the semi-final and the final. Um, I remember, I mean, there were games where he literally just destroyed oppositions. Yeah, and Bristol. It's, it, Bristol. I think Bristol was at one ridiculous. point. What a debut. Yeah. At one point, Bristol must have just thought, fuck off. <laughs> he was just ridiculous at times. Yeah. And and um He's he's another guy though that you think could he have could he have done even better? He I was, think he was like yeah, over, I, yeah. he was almost overdeveloped. He was, so Marcel Garvey, the biggest problem Marcel Garvey had was he came from Gloucester. And it's a goldfish bowl more than anything else if you're a Gloucester lad, particularly in those days because we've gone yeah. so long without really any local talent. And I'm sure he would be the first to admit there were people probably around him that he could have been better off dropping. Um, and the fact that he didn't and they kind of stuck around as hangers-on Definitely had an impact on his career at Gloucester. He went on to win trophies. He won. He won the top four team with Castro. You know, he had a great career. But again, at Gloucester, it, you 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 can't say he's a Hall of Famer because he never really developed as no. we wanted him to at Gloucester. And I think he probably should have and could have. It's just unfortunately personal circumstances and such, decisions he's made. Explosive power. Yeah. And, he, and he was quick. He was quick. quick. He was quick. But he was up he was up to full speed in two really strides. Really quick. And like, it's, and it was you know, his we can, we'll talk was about the other wingers. Yeah, we, which we had, yeah. we had some quick quick guys. Yeah. No but nobody got up to speed like he no. was. He was wide. it's just that it was the it was the pace and power and you sort of at the time I remember when he broke he sort of broke on the scene they were talking him in the same breath as as, as Robinson. We and, very and, similar was You know they were compact small guys they but they were you know Marcel was always a bit bigger uh broader. Mar- Marcel he had a few injuries didn't he for sort of like hamstrings yeah. and stuff because yeah. he was so powerful. Yeah. It was almost like his muscles had grown too fast for his body. Yeah. Um, I think he, he was he was only like 21, 22. Yeah, yeah. And it was just you know, um, and just his just his makeup really was just yeah. power. Yeah, uh, he did. I, I've got a feeling though. I've, I'm sure there was a game against Leeds at home, and I'm pretty sure there was one of those weird ones where league there was those. So Henry Paul and a few others, and Jason Robinson had come over from league, and Leeds had brought over a few. Um, one of which was, I think, Keith Senior, who is, yeah. you know, legend in leagues rugby. League. And Keith Senior came on the pitch, and I think Marcel Garvey was, I think Marcel Garvey ran into Keith Senior and knocked Keith Senior out, like literally out, sparked out. And oh. and it, I never seen anything. It was hysterical. Keith Senior was like absolute like Bambi legs, out, and um, and Garvey had done him. I mean, it was just unbelievable. But again, as we said. Just one of those players who didn't quite, doesn't quite yeah. hit it for me. You then got 
Tom Byme. Now, I think Tom Byme, interestingly, is one of the classiest wingers we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, he scored a lot of tries uh, for Gloucester. Um, certainly he scored five against Roma, obviously, back in 2000. Which is still a record, I think. It is still a record, I think, in one game. Now, but Tom, I think, is, unfortunately for him, is by comparison to other wingers, is often overlooked. But he was, I think, one of the classier wingers. He was a very skillful player. Very, he... very old school winger, wasn't he? he yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree, Ed. I really like him, but just... Yeah, and at the time of at the time of Tom Byme, there were other players yeah. that we'll come on to. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you look, just they, this list they is they, you... yeah. They 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 had what he had in a slightly different way and in such a way that, but he but an absolutely solid like you know I remember. Um, the likes of Foster and you know players like um, mm. you know we had a, we had quite a few players at that time that were fantastic. Some very good. We had some very good squad, wingers. Fantastic squad wingers, and you would never ever be afraid to put them as a you know. I mean, to start, to start with them. I, I I the thing is is per, like just a quick aside. We had some very good wingers. We had some very dross wingers. Seti Kioli, <laughs> yeah. Carl Price. Um, and it made you realise when you had a good winger, how much you appreciated them, you know. And, and well, Carl Price is the only player I've ever shouted at to get off a pitch. He's my absolute all-time I've worst. I've never seen someone ever. look so lost on a rugby pitch. I've never seen somebody who looks he didn't want to be on a rugby pitch as much yeah. as him. He was, um, there, he was there. He was there for the coin. And that, and is that was all. it. Yeah, and you could tell very quickly. Um and then the final player on the list is Charlie Sharples. Now, Charlie is a legend. 273 appearances, uh, scored countless tries. He, at one point, him and Johnny May, you know, when you think about the wingers we had and where they are and all the rest of it, I think he he's... it's it, For me, it's always it, on this list. It's between Bolsh and Sharples. I've chosen Sharples because of the amount of appearances. A bit like yeah, Jim. Same. Longevity. He... At, Again, another player that probably at a different time would have got a bit more recognition for England. I'm not sure he was at that level per se, but I think he probably would have got a bit more recognition at a different era, in a different era of rugby, because he was so quick and so elusive. Um, And actually, you know, very, very... And he backed himself. He backed himself, yeah. And and that's so, so important for a winger to, to have that ability to just go, yeah, I'm going. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. He was, for me, it, it was obvious. And I love Bolsh, but I think Charlie, the thing is, is you talk about a number of appearances and longevity, but he was good for a long stretch as well. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. towards the end of your career, I think his injuries took a toll. Mm-hmm. Ten years, he had ten years of being. Yeah, right, really, well, he was. He was often be. He would. Often, I mean, to be fair, you know, he's still wingers. We, again, we had some really good wingers over that period of time, and Charlie Sharples would often be the first player. You know, you go, oh, Charlie Sharples is winger. There wouldn't only really be a debate on that. Um, and I think he's he's someone that I think by again by comparison with other wingers, we're going to come on to the next one in a minute maybe always will look a little bit less. But actually, if you just, as a standalone, and you say, okay, got to pick a winger, he's, he's going to be on the list. So I think 
we'll say Charlie Sharples for the moment, and then obviously if we, there's other players. I'm sure we, we could we could make an argument for other players on the other side of the wing to be in the team ahead of Charlie Pest, possibly. I mean, there's one person I think it, it's didn't play a lot yeah. for us, but it's totally real, it's... changed Gloucester. So we'll come yeah. on to that in a minute. Yeah, but but let's be honest. The next so right wing. It's James Simpson Daniel. He's the best player ever played Gloucester. This is a stupid argument. It's James Simpson Daniel. That's it. We've, we've done that. We'll mention the other wingers because they have a. There are there are really important reasons we have to mention them. Yeah. So first of all, Leslie Bonacolo. I've never seen a player have such an instant impact. That debut, other than Serge, <laughs> where I mean, it leads. I mean, me, that, me and you Les, were there, mate. It was that debut was, was that amazing. Five tries. Five yeah. tries. I've, I, I, it was. I, and I think hysterical. it was. And you, what you have to put into context is where he came from. So yes. there were so many Bradford Bulls fans coming to support him, yes. and so many Leeds fans wanting him to be terrible. Yes. And you've never seen. I, you know, the atmosphere was quite harsh. It was. Quite, it's almost. It, it was a decent crowd. It was a decent crowd. It was a decent, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I went on opposite, totally opposite side of the stadium. It was the first match I'd missed. Oh yeah, away or yeah. Europe in four years, and and I couldn't get the day off work. Nobody wanted to cover me because we were having an open day. So <laughs> and it was just what a day. I was listening to it on the radio and just. Cursing. I mean, it, his first try was one of the best finishes I think remember the, seeing. Oh, yeah. it, it was ridiculous. Only Leslie Vonicola could score. He that had try. no right to score it, yeah. and then he have and my abiding moment of it was when he scored his fifth, which was another Crossville kick, and it went in, and all I heard was three Leeds fans simultaneously next we go oh fuck off <laughs> like that because they knew what was coming it only just left the boot and they knew what was coming and he, domin- was... he dominated in the air didn't oh, he for those cross oh, fields jesus but again for that, was, that, he, that, he that, came, that season he came from league and he did exactly oh yeah he, like, exactly what you wanted to, uh, exactly yeah. what you wanted him to and do. he came in we had your sharples we had your simpson daniel we had your james bailey we mm. had your we had your fast wingers Oh, apparently there's 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 this thing doing the rounds that you need a lump on a wing. Well, yeah. we've got the best lump in the world. Yeah, and I mean, it turned yeah. out turned out he was pretty fucking good, wasn't he? I mean, the, the he was thing... ridiculous, but he just never quite sustained it, did well, he? Well, how the hell do you live up to that? No, no, no. Oh, I know he had, but he had some big games. He scored a very good try against Wales when he was rushed into that England team. Yeah, he he was again. That was the problem, though, wasn't it? There was a few of these in that era. Yeah, that they got rushed into the team. He wasn't ready. It's a totally different, you know, environment. And and I think also it's not fair. I mean, let's be honest. There were there were very good wingers in the England setup at the time. To rush him in and do that was just silly. I but, uh, yeah. I the other did try... look good with the red and white braids. He did look good there. with the red and white braids. The other yeah. try I remember was him sitting down Dan Scarborough against Saracens. Yes. Yes. Well, <laughs> I mean, there's so many tries that I can think of where he scored. I mean, the one I always think that there was a try scored against Ulster in that ridiculous yes. 25 minutes where we scored five tries, where he basically takes three players over with him. He he was always going to be a fan favourite because of his his style, his um his demeanour, a bit like Junior. You know, he embraced the youth, the young lad, the young crowd. He was always really nice and friendly to everybody, um, apart from people in Bath who may have insulted his mum. The um that he has there's Big Les, I mean, quite, you know, comes over, he's Big Les, that's him. And he was, again, for about a year, year and a half, 
ridiculously good. And yeah. and he was a major part of our team that probably should have won a, a title. That for, that Leeds game will always live in the memory. For those who were there, for those who saw it, it was just ridiculous. And as, as similar to you, uh, Russ, I was I was on the opposite side of the stadium to you. And I heard, I heard, I think it was after the after the, the first try, the second try he scored, it was this lad behind me, Leeds fan, oh no, it's happening again. And then like, you see, have like years and years and years just, of, just, of, of Leslie Monaco kind of just destroying felt, his dreams I, as a Leeds I did, fan. I did feel for them because back in the top flight and I'm a Leeds football fan. I have a bit of a soft spot for Leeds. Yeah. And, but yeah, just. It's one of those days though, I think about, you know, thinking about like, I, like that day, it was glorious sunshine. It was a beautiful day. It's Headingley's a wonderful place to watch oh, it's sport. Cracking, absolutely yeah. stunning place to watch sport. And it it does make me kind of pine for the fact that Leeds, where Leeds are now, Leeds I are miss, in a dreadful yeah, position miss, now. Miss, I'd love uh, to go there again. It'd be a fantastic. It was a place great day out. Hoping. It's one of my yeah. favourite away trips. The great Headingley's, and also Headingley's a lovely bit of Leeds. There's leafy yeah. students, so you know if you like to go and sit in a student pub and have a few pints, brilliant. It's it was a absolutely superb place to go. So. The other two players, Jim has just left us briefly, but we'll we'll just carry What's on. What's he know about fast wing play? He doesn't know anything. I never get the bloody ball. So anyway, the um the other two players I just want to mention again. We'll talk about Simbad separately, but we've got Paul Holford, who scored probably one of the most important tries in Gloucester's history. Yeah, hero for that. Great. I, hero I remember. That. I remember him quite well. Same reasons as all the others. Hard to compare him against. The, the players that came after just a mm. very different player wasn't he but yeah great servant to the club yeah and, and again it's, it's an it's it's one of those things you i don't i don't really remember much of him playing but paul holford is he's he's one of those players that again during a very dark time during Gloucester's history in those sort of mid-90s years he was a player who could do something who could excite yeah. the crowd who could finish and that made a big difference Interestingly, his career didn't quite overlap uh, with the other player on this list. And maybe you could even argue this player replaced Paul Holford. Um, it's a hell of an upgrade. Uh, Philippe Saint-André. Who I mean... <sighs> it just, if somebody had said to somebody in the early 90s, if you'd, if you'd been at Twickenham in 1991 for the France-England game, right? And you saw Philippe Saint-André finishing off the greatest try, you know, Six Nations try ever. Right, and you're thinking, oh, that lad's gonna play for Gloucester one day. Never in a million years. You, Let's be honest. Never in a million years. You'd be shot. You you'd quite rightly be committed into some sort of mental institution. But Philippe, when he came over, the the impact that he made as a professional player. He was the first overseas professional player, and he also then went on to obviously become head coach. Um, he took us into Europe for the first time. He. Philippe was one of those players that his very short playing time, only 41 appearances, belies the importance of his legacy on the, as on, on Gloucester as a professional club. Yeah. He, he totally changed the outlook of how the club would rerun, how we would talk about nutrition, the players that we would sign. Philippe is a legend, absolute legend. And if it wasn't for the fact that the greatest player to ever play for the club, in my opinion, is also on this bit of the list. 
he would be in the. Uh, yeah, I, I think you could make what you'd make a case for Philippe is because there's no coach, is it? We haven't ha- been asked to vote. He he would be up there for but that. Would he, I, but would he as coach? I think it's everything about. Yeah, the, no, I agree. The fact that but he came he, in when he did. The fact that he put like properly dragged us into professionalism. Yep. The fact that Let, let's be honest, if, he did if all you, of that. That's if, what makes him a legend. I, I think Simpson Daniel is a legend because he was just ridiculously good at rugby. I, I think. Philippe, you would have him. It, it, it would be most influential signing, wouldn't it? What, what's been glossed yeah. as best signing is Philippe, Philippe. easily by 100%. a long, long way for what he bought to the club. I, I mean, and let's be fair, he had some good moments as a player. He had a great mm. debut, great debut, mm. and uh, you know, again, probably never quite reached the heights. But he was also at the end of his career say, as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and we knew that, but it, yeah. Just it was such a prim- again. You've got to contextualize this with where we were as a club back then. We've signed who? You signed know, Philippe just, yeah. and randomly his brother. That's Raph, a different story. Yeah. But oh, the- <laughs> Raph, Raph, not so good. Yeah, not not quite as good as Philippe. Um, yeah, you've got to feel a bit sorry for any brother in that situation when the other brother is Philippe Saint Andre. Um, yeah, well, to be fair, there's a few Simpson we, Daniels who know yeah, that. Yeah, there's a few yeah, Simpson yeah, yeah. Daniels that played for Sale, didn't they? Mm. Well, ja- well, we talk about right. So James Simpson Daniel, I feel sorry for the people who started watching Gloucester after Philip uh, Phil's uh, sorry after James Simpson Daniel retired because you never got to see the stuff we got to see, and he at times was it's not just unplayable because that that's that's easily say oh players gonna have unplayable he was unplayable for like five months. I mean, yeah, just... I just, I, I just his debut. I mean, we all know the the barbarians game. That don't like the dummy switch. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna dummy Run switch. Rings down low me. I'm gonna I dummy switch. It, Percy that, Montgomery. Yeah, Percy Montgomery. Gas is Lomu and beats and Christian Cullen, Cullen in, the in the corner. That's. Mm. I mean, you're talking about three of the greatest players to ever play the game. I think at that point you would just retire normally. But he was, he, what, 21 at the time, 22? But he scored some other absolute perlers. I always remember that dummy switch. He did it with Tom Byme, didn't he, where he just f- throws it, keeps running. You were in the crowd, you're all following in him. Like, oh, he's, yeah. he's giving it to Byme. Yeah. I mean, he was just, and he did it all through his career. What I liked about him, he evolved as well. Like, yeah. There was a time where he bolted up because England told him to, and he quickly got took that back out of his game. Defend. I always remember the hit he put on Sebastian Chabal. Yeah, you know, he just he was an all round, and he would play wherever Gloucester asked him to. You know, only England. I mean, let's be fair. Injuries. What the, 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 when you Glandular fever did for he would have gone to that World Cup, yeah. and I I say that because when you watch it, Clive Woodward gets a lot of stick, but you watch the highlights back from those days, and. He was first receiver a lot of times with Wilkinson outside him. Or you know, they said they were they were doing like a double axis. I and yeah. he, if he'd have scored it, it would have been the greatest try ever. England have ever scored. Yeah, where he did that dummy switch again, but it was to Phil Vickery, and I still maintain he was going to give it till he realised it was Vix, and he'd gone round Cullen again, but he stepped so well he falls over. And Wilkinson yeah. chips it over, but if he'd have gone in that corner, he was a made man because it was you were watching it and you're like, again, back in this is New Zealand, we're doing it too. Mm. He's 
still in his early 20s yeah. and he has no fear. So he James, had absolutely yeah. no fear. Exactly. James Simpson Daniel, if it hadn't... A bit, his, his problem was that he got injured at absolutely yeah. the worst time every single time it came to international duty. The, but equally, even then, though, only England then, he's fit, right? James Simpson's fit again and he's scoring tries left, right and centre. Get him in the squad, yeah? No. No, we, we won't. Or we will, but he'll play a bit part here and there. Or he'll come and do training, but he'll be a tackle bag. Or he'll hold a tackle bag. Like only, I, I swear to God, only England would do that to him. If he'd been Welsh, he would have been 100 caps. He would have been alongside Gareth Edwards and 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 Barry John as the greatest players in history of Wales rugby. Shane Williams on one wing, Simbad on the other other wing. If I was internationals, you'd probably retire rather than play that, wouldn't you? Just just the crazy thing about James Simpson Daniel is, as I said, he evolved. You say quite rightly, he evolved over time. But the the thing for me is. There were so many moments as a Gloucester fan that you can go, oh, that was amazing. Remember that time he did, and he did, and he was this, and he did this. And I, I, there are, I've, the the two for me, for me, it always goes back to it. We talk about the James Bailey try. It's not really, is it? It's James Simpson Daniel. Because the only thing that can make that try better is if James Simpson Daniel dummies and goes and he goes under the post. Because if he goes, dummies and goes under the posts, that is probably the best try in the premiership history. If, you know, it's going to be up yeah, there. Yeah, it'll be up there. It'll be up there. Don't be wrong, the James Bailey try is up there. But what I'm saying no, is... No, I, indiv- I think that still is the best try ever. Because if <laughs> you watch it with all the builders, Yeah, you have to yes. watch the... the well, I, think, the I just don't know, there's a little bit... If, uh, if Simbad had gone himself... Naked. We all think it. If Simbad had gone himself, yeah. it would have just been that extra special. Bailey, like Bailey was a little bit quicker than Simbad then. I, Bailey yes. did. He did the right thing, but he almost gives it too late. Simbad, too, or too soon. I, and I actually, I feel, and, and actually, you have to give some credit to Saki because it's a tremendous. It's yeah, not we, far we give, off being yeah. one of the best tackles ever. The great and yeah, and but then you know again, you think back and go, you go two thousand and seven, and 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 then two thousand and eleven. Simbad's got opportunities. You think. Is it this year? Is he going to go to the World Cup? Is he going to go? To... And I think at that point you're in. You're just in the fact you're in the lap of the gods and who's the, who's the England coach and they're all morons. I mean, there's so many other moments. I think the ones that get forgotten, like the the try that won the Paragen, where Ludo gets the intercept yeah. and he's treading water and then just he just pops it off to Sinbad because it was a moment where for me I was like oh, we've done it we've won mm-hmm. and it's actually a great bit of commentary because it's like Ludo can Ludo go all the way he won't but this man will mm-hmm. and just that relief yeah you have one is that game against Toulouse where someone wangs him the pass someone wangs him the pass and he picks it up off his ankles and immediately he's at full tilt and then, and then it was that was that moment where Johnny May announced himself, and we've got yeah. Johnny May's not even on this list yet. Well, to be fair, Johnny May's playing. Yeah, so he's I think play- that's no, no, I know, yeah. but that's what I mean. But that, like those for me, some of the tries he scored against. There's a game at Sale where he cut into pieces on his yeah. own. He just yeah. It's, you, he's he's it, it, you have to watch his highlight video on you. Hmm. I watch it quite often when I'm feeling bad about Gloucester yeah. to remind myself. Well, and, this is and the he's, thing, isn't it? Johnny May, you mentioned Johnny May, and he's not hmm. on the list, but he's playing because well, he, he's still playing. Yeah, but he's got over seventy caps for England. He's he's done all right. 
for Gloucester. Yeah. Right? He and we're we're talking up Simpson Daniel. Like he should have more caps than, than, I than just, May, like, like Ed said, it's I I have he is a player I have enjoyed watching rugby more than anyone else. I would say it was almost like I think at the time, rank, yeah. I, I would argue still now. I still yeah. think if he came along now, he would still be as good. It but was a privilege. He's, it was How a privilege many? to watch him play every week. How many and, people came to King's Home because of him? Like yeah. because he was total box office. How many how many people bought a ticket to come to King's Home to watch Gloucester because of Simpson Daniel? So, I yeah. think I think a lot. Yeah, and and, and one other final thing about Simbad is the injury that ended his career, which was against Newcastle, was it? You know, it, yeah. was, you know, it was in a, I, I seem to remember it was like a, it was like a it wasn't even a it was like a power gen cup, like a cup game. Wasn't it? I, I felt like an, yeah. It, it seemed, I, I'm trying to remember back now when it, which was it, was it a league game? Was it a, uh, a, a mid, like a cup game type thing? But you knew instantly it was bad. And I, there are times in a crowd or in, in a situation and you can feel just the air being sucked out and the energy being sucked out of a crowd. And that was as painful to watch as I've ever experienced at Gloucester from you knew that was the last time you would see James Simpson Daniel on a pitch in a Gloucester shirt. You just knew. And I will not be afraid to say this. I was on the verge, if not crying because I knew, and I just thought to myself, this is the last time I'm going to see him play in a Gloucester shirt. And it shouldn't be like this. It should not finish like the, yeah, in this way yeah. it should it's finish true. it should finish with a you know a final with a game trophy. with a trophy but at least at least walking off the pitch with, in a, with a try in the last minute you know there's so many so many examples of this in sport I mean Christ Keith Earls on his 100th cap against England scores in the corner right? Jason Robinson massive for talk about like yeah, Jason massive. Robinson <laughs> but, yeah. but you know there's all these moments these redemption moments these wonderful like really you know it's like someone's written the script and like Maybe, maybe that's the thing with Sinbad. Maybe that's the the almost the, the horrible bit of it. The fact that the script is written that it's always gonna be a little bit bittersweet. I, I it's just so sad because we were robbed. He he still had a lot left in it. Yeah, another year, two years at least. And and I yeah, every it, it hurt it it still pains me that he was overlooked so much by England and he never got the opportunity that he should have had. But I hope from a personal point of view whether it matters or not that he knows that Gloucester fans and the community in the club they don't just think of him as you know oh the best 14 or the best one of the best wingers ever to play no he's the best player I mean yeah if you were doing this like they do in the NFL he'd be a first round Hall of Fame when he'd be in no brainer he's the best rugby player this club's ever had for me yeah. I mean, I don't think he's even close. It's it's obviously we have to caveat it a little bit and say, look, we weren't around in the 50s, 60s, 70s. They were obviously very talented players, but it's a different era. It's a different type of rugby. In the professional era, Sam Simpson's Daniel stands alone as the best player we've ever had. And I now we've got to move on to the fullback. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, there's Just, another one. There's one more player. And, and again, in a way, it's an interesting position to finish on because the four choices that Gloucester have put forward are, are odd. So you've got 
Uh, I'm going to go Tim Smith again. So Tim Smith, again, an excellent, superb player who, you know, for a lot of people of a certain generation is would probably be their number one. They, they, they put him in no problem at all. But again, there are lots of people who will be watching, who will be voting for this and thinking of profi- professional era who would never have seen Tim Smith play. And I think it's unfortunate because I think he probably, I actually think so. some of these players that have been put in should just be automatically put into the Hall mm. of Fame. I don't think it's fair on them that they are having to be put in with these professional players because it is a different game. It's a very different era yes. of rugby union. And for a lot of people, we just haven't seen them. You know, this is pe- these are people who've played nearly 30 years ago. And this is where, this is where the public shouldn't be able to vote. But they, no, they have be... done, they did do that. They did pre-professional era Hall yeah, of Fame so... inductees. Yeah, and so it's there's... just unfortunate for these guys who kind of... I mean, to be fair, yeah. I don't think anyone would be able to vote who was the best player in 1886. No, no, I mean, no. But would... what I mean is they've done, they, they've done it. Have a, the club have done it and it's quite right. What yeah. I'm saying is it's almost... So like Teague was a 93 to 95 period. Yes. That's who they put in, quite rightly. But people like Tim Smith, Don Caskey, they're almost suffering for the fact that they had one year as a professional, year as a professional. and they're yeah. eligible. Um, yeah, That was my point. No, agreed, agreed. So the other three... Um, I think we've got so my absolute all-time, other than James Simpson Daniel, my all-time favourite player because he was the first player I kind of like fell in love with watching rugby was Chris Catlin, and I, he was very he was very kind to come on and do the an interview on the pod really early on in the day. You know, he kind of like let let the fangirl bit of me, fanboy bit of me, um, pass and, and agree to come on the pod. I was very nice and gracious about it. Um, but you know, he, one of those players that. Chris Catling was a player that was great under the high ball. You would never, ever, ever, if he came to a 50-50 and you had, a, you know, one of the greatest players, like John, I would even say, I wouldn't have been surprised if he'd nailed John Alumu and, and he wouldn't have got past him. You'd have put your house on him, making he a was, tackle. Christ almighty, he was so good. And and there's a, for the, for the people who were there and the people who've seen it on video and YouTube, take a look. If you want to have an idea of how good Chris Catling was at fullback and how good he was as a defensive fullback in particular, have a look at the tackle he makes against Bath when Gloucester win for the first time there in 2000. There is no way in a million years he should make that tackle. He basically wins us the game in that tackle. It's absolutely ridiculous. What? And that was a standard thing he would do. So I, I went with Cats. It was very hard. Yeah. For the same reason, he was one of my favourite players. And the other thing was, I always remember people used to say, well, he would have played for England more if he could kick. He didn't well, I think bloody he, have a... to kick. No, he but didn't... no, but he, he would admit that as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I know he would. But he didn't, for us, he didn't have to kick because he used to always beat the first man. Like, yes, he, he, just, he was, yeah. Under pressure, he was superb. Yeah, um, I think that it's one of those things, again, amazing for us. But, there's a little bit of me that thinks like, you know, this is your Achilles heel, right? Your kicking game is poor. Yeah. At no point did you think to work on it. I mean, he did. He admitted that he did work on it. It just, it just never stuck. He just could never yeah, get it to go right. But yeah, I Chris Catling for me, it's, it is a 50-50 between him and the one of the other players here. A quick mention, I think a player that if it hadn't have been for the way, the shitty way I like to point out as well, that Gloucester treated him, he should have been Hall of Fame because, in my opinion, Tinius Delport is the best fullback we've ever yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. In the professional you. era, I should Natu- say. the most naturally gifted fullback we've ever Ridiculous had. Ridiculous player. Like, again, if you want to have an idea of how good again how, how player he was, 
there is it is on YouTube. It's the um, cup semi final against Leicester, and he scores. And I think he also is part of, an, of the try that Garvey scores. But Delport was he was so good at, at the attacking line. He'd pick attacking lines that the opposition just simply couldn't read. But he was also brilliant under the high ball, fantastic as a, as a, as a last-ditch defender and tackler, and was overall game, like, was just ridiculous. Like, kicking game was fantastic. You know, it was just, he was the most naturally gifted, best 15 we've ever had as a professional club. He got, um, I think he got glandular fever or something like that. And again, Gloucester being Gloucester, out you go. And he ended up with Worcester and had a bit of a career at Worcester and then and and he's done well in the media and stuff. But I always feel he was one of those players that probably we 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 they, they were in the dark days we of the walking shore days where service, it was very dodgy. Yeah. There was lots of stuff going on. And and you know, people talk yeah, about run Saracens. out of money. Run out of money, we need to Well, we didn't run out of money. We just we were like if, if they're not if, if they're not playing, we're not paying them. Basically, and it was Vix was another one of those players that had got suffered and from it. Well, Dougie was going to be Dougie the same, as well. wasn't he? And, um, and I think you know, Delport was a player that suffered, unfortunately, from a a period of Gloucester rugby which is very successful, but also was very ruthless. And I don't think it necessarily was always I, I, on the yeah, right I side. I agree. I, I agree. Ed, his career, he, he he didn't have long enough at us, but what yeah. a player he was to watch. What a player, it was a joy to watch. Yeah. and I'd I'd say Tom Marshall was the same for me. I'd yeah, the Marshall. only problem with Tom Marshall again injuries. If yeah. if if Tom Marshall Tom Marshall again is a player, and again I think now if we argue the player who I now adore, and it tends to be fullbacks. It's funny how I I tend to be drawn to the fullbacks as my favourite players, but. Santi, I mean, I I'd have him at fullback every day. I don't think we should be playing. Yeah, him at I a hundred percent. And again, it'll be interesting in a few years' time if we're if he stays. You know, yeah. he's gonna. Have, I I would have thought he's gonna have a very successful World Cup at ten. My gut feeling is he'll play a lot of ten, and he'll come back. And I think he's got another two years. I wouldn't be surprised after two years if he's still, you know, because he's still relatively young. That's a massive payday in France, isn't it? Let's be honest. That's yeah. a racing. That's a stab. He, that's he's a, a you enjoy. We, I, yeah, I think we have to enjoy him while we've got while we him. got him because he's he's amazing. And if, and if and, they want him as as a ten, if Argentina want him as a ten, yeah, then he will go and get the big bucks playing in France. Playing as a ten, playing but, as a ten, yeah, I, yeah. he'll improve his I, I, international I, ten game. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Four, we've he had, is, he's, he's incredibly good at fullback. We've like, had some very good fullbacks, full and he is very much in that mix, isn't yeah. he? Great, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then we've got the, the 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 final name on the list here, which is it's who I went for in the end, uh, even against Chris Catling. And the reason why is because I think overall he's all round game, and then you think about the appearances, and then I think in terms of his influence, um, it's Ollie Morgan. Great, yeah. I, 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 I was the same. Really torn, but on reflection, it was Ollie Morgan. Great player. I always felt for him because he had that horrible injury for England, yeah. and he, he looked like he was going to cement himself in England. I mean, he got injured taking a ridiculous high ball at Croke Park, and yeah. it, it was a superb take, and he got written off as soon as he landed. Even though he called a mark, I think I'd probably not be. Yeah, I, and again, he should have had more chances for England, but for that unfortunate injury, great under the high ball, absolutely superb. I think he, people forget in that Wasps game, he broke his jaw and played on. Very yeah, Saki, is it Saki? I think Saki yeah. did him, didn't he? Yeah, just a leading arm. It was, and 
but he and he was great going forward. He really worked on that part of his game as well. He scored mm. some great. Yeah, for me it was more just because I love cats as well. Jim, what about you, mate? Um, I voted for Crazy Legs, Chris Catlin. <laughs> yeah. Um, because nostalgia, really. That was like when I first started mm. watching Gloucester, um, and it comes down to that that that. Just the nostalgia bit. Yeah, 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 like just some of the tackles he made was ridiculous because he was a slight, you know, to be fair, uh, Tinas is a big guy. You know, Tinas was a big fullback. You know, he's a big, strong man. Mm. Whereas Morgan, Catlin, they were they were a lot slighter, a lot of slighter guys. And um, yeah, I think it's just Catlin, Catlin got my vote just because that was probably he, he was a bigger um, influence in me starting following Gloucester. Ollie Morgan, I was already in. I was already yeah, indoctrinated. Yeah. I, I, um, I, and he just I, continued yeah. it. I was I was balancing the two and I I, I was trying to think of a player. Yeah, because I did what I think probably because I, I have that natural affinity. I you know Chris Cannon was my first my the first player I my really, first love my first love at Gloucester rugby, and he was he was the first player I was drawn to, and and I, I kind of like I liked the way he played rugby, and I enjoyed you know the fact that what what he would do and stuff. I chose Ollie Morgan, I just think because he was a better player. Yeah, I, it, it was, overall, I just, and I, and it's it's a really difficult thing. Just it's a really difficult decision for me because it's because I think Chris Catling deserves again. He's one of these players that he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame because he was the first fullback really from professional era and he 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 kind of yeah as i said there's a lot of people like you and me jim that he kind of hooked a lot of people uh he's their favorite player growing up and it, and it's interesting because when you think back and you think what what is it about these guys you know you never really don't know them you know you're growing up you're a kid you know what is it about them that you're you're attracted to or you think you know there's something about them you, you like or have an affinity with and often it's a case of they're normal guys, they're nice blokes. They are. They might be a bit dashing in terms of the way they play rugby, or they might be a bit, you know, they're just strong and they they do these things. And what's great about all of this and all these players we've talked through, you know, some we would argue probably shouldn't be on the list. Some argue we might be on the list. But what's lovely about all of this is the fact that it gives an opportunity for all supporters to have a to just think about those wonderful memories of the last. You know, let's be honest, it's 30, nearly 30 years, 27 years since um, uh, professionalism. Um, and and those memories of those games and those players and those and those moments. And what I'd like to see, hopefully, I know there is chat about there is some storage place somewhere near Southampton or Winchester or Basingstoke that's got games in a DVD vault or something. I really hope the club can do something in terms of just grabbing these um, uh, moments and uh, and these games and putting them into a DVD or putting them out there on YouTube or something, because we've mentioned it before. There are moments we have experienced as Gloucester supporters that you kind of, it's become a more mythology, a legacy that we, it's difficult because there's people who are a lot younger have never seen them. They have no idea what we're talking about. We kind of, we talk about them as I say, as a myth or a legend. I would love to see them again. And I really hope the club can work out a way because there is definite footage. They would have been, you know, training videos. There's old Sky games that have never been seen since. I really hope we can get these this sort of stuff out there. Okay. To, it would be amazing. 
we talked about it, didn't we over lockdown how nice it was on a Friday night yeah. when they put that game out and that got me through some really tough times just having that escape of sport of sitting down with a beer streaming the games the, the power gen cup in particular was great to watch because mm. I, I can't remember the last time I saw it and I you know, I feel I've said this before. It was I haven't I I I wasn't fortunate enough to go. No, I didn't get to see it. You know, it meant a lot to me. It's the first time Gloucester won since my dad had passed away. So I, it, it was a lot of significance for me. And to be able to see it again brought back so many happy memories because this isn't. This was way before the days where you could record a game. And well, I've watch got. It I'm back. just going through my CDs. CDs, <laughs> DVDs. Yeah, DVDs. Yeah, I got I got a load of DVDs. And I think they go back to two thousand. I got a few, quite a few from two thousand six. Yeah, because and, the problem is that's the problem. And, I, and I delete, I delete, I just didn't bother recording no. the DVD or the ones just, that, that we lost. But this so is the, like, yeah, no, you don't, you don't ever. Edinburgh no, you... Gloucester. We got a Saracens v Gloucester in two thousand six. We must have won that one, otherwise yeah. I wouldn't have kept it. Um, got a couple. I got a couple of Saris games. Got EDF v Bristol. Like Ulster, Gloucester's got some Heineken Cup stuff, and I—I I mean, I have got um, the Middlesex Sevens. I've got that as well. You got that on there as well. That was and, great. And I, I love that. It's still um, one of my favourite moments. I think. I think I need. I might need to stick them on YouTube because it's probably long enough now that I'll probably well, not get. Well, that's the thing. It's just, but it's sad that case. we just have to go onto YouTube to find them because there are some great games up on there. I rewatched the Bath. Roster eight six game you have yeah it's going what a game yeah. that was yeah and- absolutely amazing and 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 this is the thing I I think we'll finish in a second but and thank you very much guys for sticking to it because it's been a long pod so I apologize I apologize and I thank you for for sticking with it uh, what we'll have to do is this will be put in two pods because I can't I can't edit this amount of audio <laughs> um, but um, what I would say is that that the way that we think of rugby and we think of the club and the sport overall is and why it pains us a little bit and how shocking everything is at the moment with the the the, the state of rugby union and particularly english rugby union is that what we want is future generations you know 25 years time you mentioned the 175th anniversary fingers crossed we'll all still be here but what we want in future generations is for to them experience all this stuff I mean, God, you know, God willing, we'll all be here in, in 50 years time. We'll get the we'll get the 200th anniversary get, uh, it going. I mean, God help it, we'll be bloody decrepit. And I, I hate to think what the podcast will be sound like then. Um, but, <laughs> you know, we want future generations to experience the stuff we've experienced. We want them to have these heroes, these legends that we can talk about. And fingers crossed, you know, this is a this is the low. This is the lowest yeah, point. I'm not I, convinced I, it is, but hopefully it is. And we can build and the club and the game as a whole in England will go from I mean, strength to strength. Yeah. To bring it back full circle, going yeah. today. So I didn't play, but I took my son. That's the first game of rugby. He won't remember it, but it's the first game. I really of hope rugby. he doesn't remember it because it wouldn't yeah, be a yeah, good I'd one to like remember. It. But <laughs> it's the first game of rugby he went to see. Yeah. And I've shown him bits of rugby of Gloucester. He's got, luckily for him, he's got the attention span of a two-year-old. So he only ever watches Funny 10 that. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't it? But he'll only watch 10 minutes of it, and it's not enough. But today, it was that moment for me. The thing that was a moment for me was after the game, you boys are in having a shower. He's like, can I go on the pitch? Yeah. And he, you could see him pick up the ball 
and he was copying the other kids doing something. You could just start these, you could see that smile. And I thought, oh, this is fun. This ball bounces differently to any other ball I've seen. And you could, but you could just start to see that little flicker of this is what this, and you, it made me remember my moments of going to King's home for the first time. I've had those moments with that. One of my first memories, and you know, I will share, was going, Dad, why are the crowd going, come on, Gloss? Which one's called Gloss? You know, just that moment of not understanding that that was the mm. nickname of the team. Such an idiot. But, yeah, <laughs> I was about five in my defence. But, yeah, but it was that. It was that moment of starting to form what it meant for the team and going and standing with Dad and then going off and watching it. And it just what it gave me. And that's yeah. why it's so sad seeing what the sport's like now for us. But I want that for my son. You know, I hope he picks up rugby. If he doesn't any sport, you want them to be able to enjoy it. In the way you are allowed to force him a little bit, Russ. I'm just saying that now. You can kind of push him in that yeah, direction. I, I mean, I, I mean, my daughter's see... my daughter's a Slampton fan, so she's got no hope. Well, and, you I know. sent you boys a video of. She doesn't play rugby though, does she? No, no. Yeah, I mean, come but, on. <laughs> you know, in all seriousness. I She's want coming the club next week, to though. go on and go full circle. Yeah, just a little note quickly, because we before we finish tonight, one final thing. So next week, next Saturday, Gloucester's first home game of the season against Nottingham in the uh, the weird Championship off, off Premiership Cup. How many, how many warm-up games? Uh, no. Oh, that'd be zero. Zero. <laughs> this is the first warm-up game, which I think actually, to be fair, I think Gloucester are using this the right way. I don't, I mean, anyone who goes out into this competition thinking, oh, I'm going to win Lutcher's. I mean, there's no one, I think other than Northampton and Northampton and Leicester played a game against Bedford. Northampton played against Barbars. No one's really had any warm-up games. I think everyone's doing the same thing. So anyway, next weekend, next Saturday, it's uh, Gloucester, North, uh, Gloucester Nottingham. Uh, in the it's evening, also, it's also the tour of Britain. It is also the tour yeah, of Britain. I'm so if you're trying, if you're trying to get round Gloucester next Saturday, good luck. Um, and then um, in the evening, it's the England Argentina game. Good luck. Um, so we'll have lots to talk about next week. Thank you so much if you've got through these two pods. I really appreciate. It's been probably a bit of a, a long slog. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll be back next week with actual rugby to talk about which could be good or it could be horrific. Cheers, lads. All the best. Cheers. Yeah, see you next week. Yeah, I'm going before I piss myself because I'm absolutely busting. Well, that's what I'm up to.